Hello and welcome to episode 3, series 2 of Breaking Down the Big C. Uh, I hope you're all well. Today's episode is a, a special one. Uh, so you'll remember from last the last episode we had Mary Jo Hardy. Uh, she's back again this week and she has agreed to talk to us about mindfulness and how that can help uh, a cancer patient or a family or pretty much anyone that's listening um, to better understand their, shall we say, thought patterns and their mind. And basically it's it's a, a better way of, to put it bluntly, chilling out. And hopefully uh, what people will hear in this episode will help them to better understand their own mind and to deal with bad news a little bit better. And it's a way of focusing and channeling the mind. Um, but before we get into that, um, it's it's been tough recently because from series one, most of you all have heard the episode that we had with Rob. And it has come to my attention that uh, Rob has sadly passed away from his uh, his journey with cancer. Um, we knew that it was going to be a. We knew it was going to be a, a, something that was likely to happen because we knew that he had uh, he had gone with a quality of life over quantity. Uh, but it doesn't make it any easier, you know. We we had a such a wonderful chat with Rob, um, and I, I encourage you all to to go back and give it a, another listen. Um, but my, my thoughts, and I'm sure everybody else's thoughts, are with his family and especially his, his little son. But uh, yes, I, I, I wish his family all the best. Uh, I know it, it's difficult, but uh, as I, I, I told them when, uh, when I, I found out, you know, I, I'm always there for them if ever they need somebody to talk to. Or if anybody listening needs anybody to talk to, you can always message us through Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else that you can get a hold of us because we're always there to talk. But uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's go back and let's get on with episode three of uh, Breaking Out of the Big Sea and we'll discover some mindfulness. Welcome back to... Uh, breaking down the big sea with myself tom and we are joined again by mary joe hello hello so we touched on mindfulness in the previous episode and how it helped you with cancer uh, but in this episode i'd like to talk a little bit more about that but also how it how you found it uh helped you through that and how you've managed to help others and pretty much what mindfulness is. Sure. Um, so the definition of mindfulness is paying attention on purpose to the present moment without judgment. <laughs> and it sounds like a very uh, simple sentence, but it's actually a, you know, a pretty difficult practice um, to do. Um, so I'll just kind of break down the definition. So, you know, obviously paying attention to the present moment is, is bringing awareness to your experience. 
and um, being here for what's happening. A lot of the times, though, where our attention is, is actually in thoughts that are running through our head all the time. And most of the time, our thoughts are fixated on, you know, things that have already happened in our past or worries about things that might happen in the future. Our thoughts are typically not focus on what is actually happening in the present moment. And so this is a practice of setting an intention to bring your awareness to what is unfolding in front of you instead of worrying about the future being fixated on the past. And what you learn through the practice is that so much of our stress is caused by our thoughts especially when we're constantly fixated on worries or we're ruminating or rehashing bad experiences that have already happened to us, what we're doing is we're constantly firing our fight or flight response by bringing stress, stressful thoughts into our mind. You know, our, our body doesn't know the difference between a stressful thought and a real life-threatening situation. You know, our body responds the same way um, it would to a stressful thought as it would to, you know, a saber-toothed tiger hunting us down, you know. Um, so what we're doing a lot of the times with our thoughts is, is we're creating our own stress. And because when I was originally diagnosed with cancer, I knew that stress, um, there was a lot of studies about how stress actually causes recurrence of cancer, and I obviously did not want that to happen. Um I happened to come across a mindfulness-based stress reduction program, and I signed up for it without really knowing what it was, and I took an eight-week course, and I, I so resonated with the practice. Um, this was 11 years ago. I started um, meeting with that mindfulness teacher weekly um, because I had some pretty big stress, stressful things going on in addition to cancer. And I've worked with her ever since. Um, you know, she became my mentor. And um, over time, uh, I started coaching and teaching mindfulness myself. And, um, you know, I strongly believe in the practice. And I, I honestly don't think I could have dealt with a metastatic breast cancer diagnosis as well as I have if I had not established this practice. So it's something I'm very passionate about. I see, I see. So would you say you were or going on what you have, you've just said you are, but would you say that you were open-minded at the time? Could you say a closed-minded person, could they go in to a room uh, and try and learn about mindfulness and come out the other side as uh, fulfilled as what you have, maybe? You know, I think, yes, because what what mindfulness is, is really teaching people to use their own internal resources to unlock their own wisdom and talents. And, and we all have the ability to practice mindfulness. Um, it really takes setting a wholehearted intention to do it. So it's one of those things of you get out of it what you put into it. Um, I did, I do practice a lot and I did practice. And, and um, I'll talk a little bit about what practice looks like if, if that would be helpful. Look, yeah, that would be brilliant, please. Okay. Um, so a lot of people think mindfulness is is meditating. Um, meditation is a is a is a practice um, for mindfulness, and we we refer to it as a formal practice. So it's sort of like you're bringing your brain to the gym. 
Um, mindfulness meditation is typically, you know, uh, you use your breath as an anchor or you find some other anchor. It could even just be the, the sense of stillness in your body. And what you do is you you sit and you're basically putting your attention on your breath. Your mind will wander. There's no blame or judgment in that. That's the mind's job is to wander. Um, your mind will wander. When you notice that your mind has wandered away from your breath, you simply notice that it has left your breath and you kindly, <laughs> without chastising yourself, bring it back to your breath. And you do that for as long as you sit in meditation. So it, it's sort of like taking your brain to the gym. And the exercise is, I have an anchor that I bring my awareness to. My mind starts to wander. I notice it has wandered. I notice where it went and I bring it back to my breath. And I do that as many times as I need to. And that's a formal practice of, of mindfulness. But we also have informal practices um, that you can do all day long. You know, you can take a lot of the times the way we start is with a, a daily task that you do every single day, but you, you probably don't pay much attention to, So, such as brushing your teeth. Um, when was the last time you really, really, really paid attention to the whole process of brushing your teeth? I mean, it's probably been a um, long time. I must, <laughs> I must admit, I, I don't think Owens will answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we take little everyday tasks like that that are low stakes. You know, there's no yeah. stress really involved. And we use them as an informal practice. So we'll say, you know, set an intention to brush your teeth mindfully today. Notice the sound of the water, notice the taste of the toothpaste, notice the feeling of your feet on the floor, be present with brushing your teeth. It sounds really silly and it sounds like that's easy to do, but it's actually quite difficult to do that. Um, so I can apply the practice of mindfulness to any task that I do. And the more I do that, the more I'm kind of strengthening this muscle of being here of being, um, instead of doing, you know, it's, it's being with the task of brushing my teeth. And as I developed this practice over the years, what I started to realize is so much of our life passes by us by because we're all up here all the time. We're in these thoughts, you know, as soon as you get out of bed, aren't we thinking of, oh, here's what I have to do today, and this person's going to annoy me, or I'm going to be late for this, and we, this is what consumes our thoughts, but when we actually bring our awareness to what, where, what our body is doing, we settle the mind, and we start to eliminate all of the the time we spend in these this stressful world you know it's sort of like we have an action movie going on in our mind all the time and we're the star like you know we're gonna be late and we're gonna get in a fight with that person and that person's gonna annoy me and they're probably not gonna get me what they said they were gonna get me on time you know that's that's where our thoughts are typically when we're brushing our teeth when we bring our thoughts back to the toothpaste the water the feeling of our feet what we start to realize is this is what this is where life is happening. You know, life is happening in this present moment with what I'm doing right here and you start to become aware that there are amazing things happening all around us that we take for granted. You know, the song of a bird outside the window. Sometimes I'll notice that when I'm brushing my teeth. And 
I would much rather live in this boring present moment of brushing my teeth than this scary world that my mind wants to create for me all the time. Um, and so as I started to develop the practice, I started to get a lot of benefits, you know, reducing the amount of time I was spending in stressful thoughts, but also noticing the beauty and the miracle of life that is all around me and that I take for granted. And, you know, what person with metastatic cancer doesn't want more life? Oh, of course, yeah. I um, I must say, I, I now feel a little bit conscious that I'm not brushing my teeth enough. <laughs> I think uh, I might no need judgment. to wear... <laughs> There's no judgment in this practice, which is a nice thing. <laughs> no, I think I need to uh, pay more attention to toothpaste and, and water, but... Uh, Going back, so you've been doing this for 10, 11 years? 11 years, yep. Yeah. So compared to back in 2010 to now, how how do you, how far do you think you've come with it? Because you now say that you're a coach as well as, well, a student first, you say. So is this something that you develop still daily? You know, is it something that you uh, develop new ways of thinking? thinking maybe yes um i'm always a beginner and that's Mm. one of the very important attitudes of mindfulness is to bring a beginner's mind to your situation you know i was teaching a student once and we were picking our everyday tasks and i do the practice with my students and you know i i I picked well i'm gonna i make lemon water every morning i'm gonna do that mindfully i'm gonna cut the lemon i'm gonna smell the lemon i'm gonna listen to it as i squeeze it and I was teaching a class and one of my students said, Mary Jo, aren't you so sick of cutting this lemon? And, and I said, well, I've never, I've never cut that lemon before. And I haven't. Tomorrow is a new lemon, you know, that I'm, I'm going to cut. So I, I'm always a student. I'm always a beginner. And what I would say is what I, what I learn all the time is new ways to apply the practice. But I also get new discoveries about myself all the time. Because as you develop a practice in mindfulness, what you start to understand is it's the relationship you have with your experience that causes stress. You know, if I sit every day and say, no, I don't want to have cancer. I resist that idea. It shouldn't be happening to me. This is not the way life was supposed to happen. I truly would be living a life of suffering. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a stressful thought to have that all the time. I shouldn't have this. This shouldn't be the way that it is. The practice allows me to have a different relationship with my experience of this is here. How can I be with it? How can I be with it in a way that allows me to be present for the life I do have? If a, a new student comes to you and says, look, I don't know anything about mindfulness, would you mind, um, I'm going to use the, the term a teaching, mm-hmm. uh, would you give our listeners a teaching, as in they, they come to you completely fresh, how would you approach them? What would you say as the first mindfulness experience for them i would have them take out a sheet of paper and i would have them write down every thought that they're having right now 
everything that's on their mind, I would have them write until they were done writing. Okay. And then I would have them flip over that piece of paper and I would have them write down only what is actually happening in this present moment right now. And I would have them compare those two lists. And I've done this exercise with a lot of people. The first list is usually a very long list full of drama and fear and stress and problems. And the second list is typically a very short list of very mundane facts. The lights are on. I'm breathing. It's cold outside. I'm talking to Tom. That's a very different list than, oh my gosh, I have cancer. Tomorrow I have to be there. My son is going to be late for this. I'm late on this deadline. That's a very different list. And, And so that first lesson is to open people's eyes to what we pay attention to. So do you do you still have a mentor yourself? Do you still go to them for ways forward with your own teachings or your own mindfulness? I do. I do. Okay. My original teacher is still my mentor. Wow. So that same teacher for 11 years? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's, uh, yeah, that is, it it just, uh, it it shows to me what, how powerful this can be that somebody has had that connection for 11 years over something that has helped you so massively that you've then developed yourself into somebody else's mentor, if that makes sense. Yeah, there is a a continuation. I, I feel that that mindfulness is my purpose. And, you know, somebody with a terminal illness, we think a lot about our life and it ending. And I don't really think of my life ending if I can help other students come to this practice and that hopefully one of them will help somebody else. You know, it kind of just continues on. Um, And that's a very important part of my legacy, even if it's in a very small way. You know, I'm not on a global stage. I'm I'm not, you know, talking to millions of people or anything like that. Um, It's in my own little corner of the world. If I can do that, then, you know, that that would be very fulfilling to me. I mean, I must admit, I once tried um, some sort of meditation and I felt like what you're the opposite of what you're saying i felt almost judged because i couldn't sit there and i couldn't stay still and i couldn't get in touch with my thought patterns while following these instructions and it it just felt it didn't feel natural to me but from what you're saying it it just sounds it doesn't sound easy but it it sounds more manageable more like you could accept this way of a thought pattern yeah i think it's it's very common for human beings first of all we're always going we're always doing so it it's not it doesn't probably feel natural or comfortable to sit in stillness for most people because we rarely do that 
And I think acknowledging that it's going to feel uncomfortable at the beginning is important. So you give yourself grace Mm. to say, this isn't comfortable. (laughs) Uh, You know, but the practice is such a kind practice. So when we teach people about meditation, when your mind wanders, you can't be mindful unless your mind wanders. So instead of saying, oh, I I stink at this, you know, I can't do it. You say, my mind left, I'm bringing it back gracefully and with intention. There's no blame because honestly, mindfulness doesn't happen if we don't walk off the path. We can't get back on the path. So it's a very graceful and kind practice, but it also, you know, to be guided by a mentor, I think there's acknowledgement that this isn't natural for a lot of people. Uh, and and it's not going to be easy at the beginning. It gets easier, um, for sure, with practice. See, yeah. I mean, it, I just take it back to the what you were saying about uh, noticing the water and toothpaste when you clean your teeth. And that, I guess, you can adapt to everyday life. Whereas meditation, while you're following instruction, you're sitting still and you are solely focused on that. But Whereas you're, if you're brushing your teeth and you, you're paying attention to the water and things like that, it, it's almost, to me, it sounds almost like you're training yourself a lot more focused than what you would be sat there following instruction, if that again. I think when we give homework assignments to students, I think that the informal tasks of brushing your teeth feel more doable to people. Um, for whatever reason, when our mind wanders, when we brush our teeth, you know, I think some students are like, oh, you know, I should be brushing my teeth. For whatever reason, it feels higher stakes to sit there with the present to ourselves. Um, and you know, with guided meditation, I think, I think to approach it with acceptance that your mind is going to wander is the first step. It's not wrong that your mind wanders. It's not wrong that it feels uncomfortable to sit. Um, One of the things that I think, though, is really important, I believe in sitting meditation as a practice. I believe that's very important. But also, if if you're only using mindfulness in your meditation and you're not applying it in your daily life, I don't think you get the full benefits either. See, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, I I certainly feel as though I, I've learned something. I, I hope that people listening to this podcast have as well, because I think with the daily life of somebody that's going through cancer, it is a huge, it is just a ball of stress. From day to day, you're thinking about what's going to happen next. You know, I went through a time where it was... Uh, cancer diagnosis scans then uh, I had clots on my lungs then I was diagnosed with diabetes it it was just everything just seemed to be snowballing it was just anxiety stress and you just feel like you're falling into a into a hole but for me um, just I can't even say it's uh, any sort of practice but to get my mind more positive 
really helped me. And I think mindfulness is something that, although I can't professionally say it will help people because I don't have any experience in it, but sitting here listening to yourself, I can see how it can help so many people. Yeah, I think one of the things that I have learned is it's very important to practice when your stress is not high stakes so that the practice is there for you when you are in that like snowball situation. It's sort of like, you know, if you play sports, you work out a lot in practice because in the game, you can't practice the skill. You need to deliver the skill. And so when you're in that like high stakes situation and things are going wrong, because that is the life of somebody with cancer, it's like it ebbs and flows. Um, the practice is there for me because I've, I've developed it in my life when things are not super stressful and it, it's there for me. You know, it's easier to tap into when things go really high. And I, I think if there's one thing I really wanted to say is I want to give space for the people if they might be listening to this, who are in a very high stakes situation right now, I'm not in that situation right now. I'm in a good spot with my treatment and I, I don't want it to ever trigger someone who's struggling because I have anxiety and there have been different things that have happened to me in, in the last three years that have really scared me. And, um, it's it's one thing to practice when things are going okay. It's a it's another thing to practice when things are really really not going okay. You know, I will show up differently. I will have a different relationship when th- when the stakes get higher. And I think it's it's really important that anybody out there listening doesn't feel discouraged because I f- it sounds like oh well she's got this under control. Good for her. Um, it's a daily practice for me. It, it takes intention. Um, and my experience changes all the time. See, yeah. I just do my best to react to what comes to me. Yeah, yeah. So do you think, just trying to think of the best way to phrase, because when people are in a, a high stress situation, they've then got to, they've got to find a way of them bringing their, themselves down to a, a normal level to then focus, I suppose, on something like mindfulness. Is there anything within this practice that might help people sort of come down a level? Yes. I say, if all else fails, practice gratitude. That is, find, yeah, that is wonderful. Find something that you can feel gratitude, true gratitude for, and that always changes my inner world even just a little bit. Is there anything that you wouldn't mind sharing with us that you find? So if you're in a a high-stress situation, would you say go out into a park and just listen to sounds maybe or definitely yeah nature I think is one of the at least easiest for me because gratitude is one of the attitudes of mindfulness um definitely being in nature is makes it very easy for me to tap into a sense of gratitude because I love being outside and I you know to hear a bird it's it's 
it's a miracle to me, honestly, when I think about it. Um, but also coming to your breath, because if in this moment you are breathing, you have that. <laughs> and even being thankful for a breath, you know, one of the things that I, I used to do at the very beginning when I was having the migraines and, and things were really bad, you know, I had a lot of cancer. It was, it was very high stakes. I used to just say, not today. It's not happening today. You know, meaning it's not, I'm not going to die today. You know, I knew that that's where my thoughts were going of like, oh my gosh, this is it. My kids, what, you know, but so I would even just come even to the moment of like, not this moment if I had to. And that would get me to the next moment and the next moment and the next moment. And when, when the stress was really, really bad, I sometimes had to say, not this moment, even instead of just not today. And that was a little like mantra I used to say to myself of like, well, it's not going to happen today. Like the bad stuff is not happening today. I know that for a fact, maybe tomorrow, but it's not happening today. Um, and that's the best I can, <laughs> I can say. Yeah. I must admit, I think that that in itself goes to me, it goes such a long way because you are completely right. It is not today. Tomorrow is a different day. Don't worry about that. Exactly. I know it's not happening today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, all I can say is thank you so much for coming onto this podcast and explaining to my listeners exactly what mindfulness is. And over the past couple of episodes, given us your time, it is this one in particular has just been an absolute eye opener because I, I myself didn't know anything about mindfulness. Uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've sat in front of my TV screen and listened to. Uh, meditation guides and things like that but I've never really heard it from this point of view with mindfulness and even I think I'm going to go upstairs and brush my teeth right now (laughs) I hope you do I hope you do it mindfully (laughs) and if your mind wanders don't blame yourself or judge yourself just bring yourself back to your brushing your teeth (laughs) I think that that is definitely the key the one thing that I really want to take from this is not to judge myself no, I think that's fantastic. So again, thank you so much for coming on to this show. Thank you. And best of luck with your podcast series, your second series. Best of luck with that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.